This is the morning brief from the Economic Times. Is RSS seeking or prescribing job reservation? No, not at all because reservation uh, goes against the RSS core principle of one nation one people. Who should create the jobs according to RSS? The government or is the onus on the private sector? I think the private sector society because RSS uh, hates the idea of any government intervention or judicial intervention. The service sector or manufacturing who according to RSS should lead the way. I think it's it's manufacturing because they've clearly talked about how this whole shift to services has actually led to large scale unemployment. It's an idea that a lot of us will disagree with but this is something that they believe in. Is RSS comfortable with the crown jewels of India? It's PSUs like BPCL, Air India being sold or privatized to India Inc. or even global investors? Not at all, but you know, their disagreement is uh, more nuanced now and it's conveyed in private. Confused? Scratching your head trying to figure out what this rapid fire round that I was having with my colleague Vasudha Venugopal is all about? Hmm, think harder. Perhaps some floating bits and pieces will come together in your head. Okay. How about some clues? Jobs, RSS, unemployment, labor unrest, Modi government's economic agenda, etc., etc. This episode will be all about that and a bit more. It's Friday, 18th of March. You're listening to on a job hunt with RSS on the morning brief. From the Economic Times, I'm your host, Arijit Barman. I say Rojgar ke trishti se bhi ek bhot badi avashakta desh mein hai. Corona ke karan kuch arthik sankar to aya hi hai. Sarkar ne uske baare mein prayatna kiya. Samaj ke bhi prayatna huye. That's Dattatreya Hosabale, the General Secretary or the second most powerful man in the Rashtriya Sayamsevak Sangh or the RSS, the ideological mentor of the ruling Bharatiya Janata Party, turning his focus to Rosgar or employment, or rather the lack of it last weekend. After Ram, Rashtrabad and religion, the RSS passing a resolution in the annual meeting of their top functionaries in Ahmedabad seeking to address the problem. बहुत सारे क्षेत्रों में अपने यहाँ कुटीर उद्योग है ग्रामीण उद्योग है हस्तकला है बहुत सारे क्षेत्रों में एग्रोबेसों के आर्थिक दृष्टि से भी संपन्न होने के लिए और रोजगार लोगों को मिलने के लिए आजीविका चाहिए रोजगार का अर्थ केवल सरकारी नौकरी नहीं है बट फर्स्ट लेट्स पुट वाई दिस मीटिंग इज इम्पोर्टेंट into context let me just tell you about a little bit about this meeting where this resolution was passed now this is called the akhil bharatiya pratinidhi sabha which is by far the most important meeting of the rss leaders that takes place once a year and this is also the time when we reporters get very excited uh, to know what is the resolution that they're going to pass because the resolution that they decide to pass is the most important issue concerning the country Even then, 
the timing of this resolution coming just a day after thumping electoral victory across states like Uttar Pradesh, Uttarakhand, as well as Goa and Manipur seems surprising to say the least. We actually uh, were expecting them to pass a resolution on Islamic radicalism because of this hijab issue. But, you know, we also got this tip off from a lot of people that the economic wings of the RSS, be it Bharati Mazdoor Sangh, which has been uh, raising this issue of unemployment for the last two years, it's been asking the government to take a very serious note of this economic distress caused due to COVID. And of course, Vadeshi Jagran Manch. And, you know, we were being told that, you know, there's a lot of pressure this time and maybe we will, uh, you know, come out with something. But it all depends on basically we don't know what uh, the results would be. Right. So when, of course, the UP results came out and UP was a state very crucial to the RSS because Yogi Adityanath also symbolizes the mainstreaming of all RSS uh, uh, agenda. Right. So, yes, of course, in the whole meeting, the three day meeting had a lot of euphoria about UP and Uttarakhand results. But uh, they did this one, um, you know, unexpected thing of talking about unemployment um, and uh, which was a little surprising to us. So naturally it begs the question, instead of being overjoyed, why bring up the issue of unemployment at this point? Hindustan ka yuva rozgar dhoon raha hai. Hindustan ka yuva ek hi cheez maang raha hai. Rozgar hume de do. Keval aaj IT sector mein आने वाले समय में समाजवादी सरकार बनेगी तो उत्तर प्रदेश के नौजवानों को 22 में जब सरकार बनेगी तो 22 लाख नौजवानों को उससे ज्यादा सीधा सीधा रोजगार से जोड़ने का काम समाजवादी सरकार में होगा आम आदमी पार्टी की सरकार बनेगी तो उत्तराखंड के हर बेरोजगार युवा के लिए रोजगार मुहैया कराया जाएगा गेट द पिक्चर for a country like India, having more than two-thirds of its 1.3 billion people of working age, yet with unemployment higher than the global average in five of the last six years, the growing sense of collective frustration among millions of young job seekers make it a ticking bomb, used and abused by our politicians to reap electoral benefits. The youth at a rally, at a BJP rally in Uttar Pradesh's Gonda district, interrupted Union Defence Minister Rajnath Singh's speech at this election rally demanding jobs. Youngsters were seen interrupting the Defence Minister's speech, raising slogans demanding recruitment. Punjab to Goa or even Manipur, our youth without a job or a jugar has been a raging, restive and rebellious vote bank waiting to be provoked even as recent as 2022. Wherever I went, people did talk about lack of employment. Yes, they were very happy with the ration that they were getting, the poor, poor people. But, you know, there was this serious concern about lack of jobs and people who had gotten fired from jobs. And RSS being a ground organization recognizes that the one thing that they continuously talk about is you know, mazdoor, you know, the, the workers who walked uh, miles to go back to their household, houses, because that is something that hits them at their core, you know, for, for the RSS. The Indian family system is very important. And the minute large scale migration happens due to work, the joint family system goes for a toss. Reason enough for RSS to talk economics 
for the first time since the Modi government came to power in 2014. This is significant because in the last seven years, the RSS completely steered away from passing resolutions on economic issues. And uh, economic issues were the most important uh, concerns for the country in the last four to five years. And if you look at the resolutions that they've passed in the seven years, they've looked at, uh, they, they passed one talking about strengthening the Indian family system, Indian languages, something favoring Ram Temple. They've cons- consistently talked about political violence in Bengal and Kerala, you know, cow slaughter, Sabri Mala verdict, all of this. Um, so uh, this you know, so we, we so this is very important because they finally chose to talk about a core socioeconomic issue, something that is also very political in nature, right? True. Immediately after the UP election. Mind you, this is an organization that, along with its other affiliates from the Sang Parivar, have waged many a war over economic programs undertaken by political rivals, the United Front to the Congress. Even efforts by former Prime Minister Atal Vihari Vajpayee, one of RSS's very own, was not spared when he tried to privatise Sarkari hotels, oil refineries or even bring labour reforms and open up insurance and banking sector to foreign capital and investors. I was looking at some of their older resolutions in 97 and 98, you know, the RSS passed a resolution against WTO, FDI and all international trade agreements. And it actually asked, you know, asked all people of the country to participate in a second war of independence, you know, say that, um, you know, mount this organized resistance against economic subjugation. In 2002, they went to an extent of issuing a very stern resolution um, calling the government to, you know, not betray the trust of the people and strengthen the nation's economic sovereignty by having, uh, by focusing more on hunger and unemployment. So the tone and tenor of these uh, resolutions was very, very uh, different from uh, what we saw on, um, you know, what we saw uh, recently, because uh, this was very subtle and it was Slightly, it was a slight nudge to the government. It gets even more logical when juxtaposed with data from the Centre for Monitoring Indian Economy or CMIE, an independent think tank that shows unemployment numbers actually hitting a six month high just last month, touched 11.9%. Despite that, interestingly enough, RSS chose to refrain from an all-out attack on the government. Its critique, strikingly mild. We heard uh, the Tatri Hosabole, who's number two in the RSS, uh, talk about this resolution. He also went out of his way to clarify that, you know, this is not an attack on the government at all. Flagging off the agenda to the Narendra Modi government instead of flogging it with it comes from a subtle but tactical shift in the relationship between the mentor, that is the RSS, and the Sang, and its political mentee, the BJP. If you look at BMS or some uh, of Lagu Bharati Udhyog or any of these smaller affiliates of the RSS, they have been going to town. They've been talking so much about economic distress. It's a very different RSS now, Arjit. You know, it's it's also an RSS that under Mohan Bhagwat believes in a very collaborative approach. It believes in 
you know, a more nuanced and a discreet form of disagreement with the government. And this is probably some uh, lessons, you know, that they've learned from, um, you know, from the Vajpayee Sudarshan model of working. With respect to um, unemployment, I think, in, uh, you know, Mohan Bhagwat especially has been talking about decentralizing economic production uh, since 2016. And I think it again goes back to the, um, you know, the RSS principle of valorizing small family-owned businesses because it sees them as this middle path between big government and uh, big businesses. But at the core of its consistent concern about unemployment is its potential to cause social disharmony. So the Sangh's economic vision, as articulated by uh, Mohan Bhagwat many times, also flows from its idea of social harmony. Samajik Samrastha, where you create more employment in rural areas, you prevent mass migration. Economy plays an important role. So what is the RSS and Mr. Hosabale suggesting we do to make India Atmanirbhar or self-reliant in jobs? What they are basically looking at is something called the Swalam Bharat Abhyan, which is an existing program. They want to look at uh, intensifying it. They've asked all their uh, affiliates to join this whole thing, basically to strengthen employment generation in villages, manufacturing in villages. This UP's one district, one uh, product is something that they are looking at a role model project, you know, and they want to basically look at stalling migration that's forced by job search. Now, this is all like, it's all very egalitarian. It's very idealistic. We don't know how much of this is possible. Uh, you know, on paper, what they're saying is, you know, India is a land of lengthy, you know, very wealthy, responsible entrepreneurs. So we want them to employ people, fulfill their commitment to society. So they are basically looking at reaching out to small businesses, government agencies, both state and center. And they want to help startups and self-help groups with government schemes, make sure that, you know, they don't have any problems with government procedures. And, uh, mainly focus on farmer producer organizations, cooperatives, SSGs, farmers, artisans, and make it a very human-centric, labor-intensive, uh, uh, you know, program. But is unemployment in the country really becoming a crisis in the making? I decided to check with Mahesh Vyas, MD and CEO of CMIE, the same Mumbai-based think tank whose data always gets quoted. It is bad. The unemployment rate in India at 8.1% can be considered to be bad. Uh, it can get worse. So you're right that uh, we were at 11.8% in the month of May. But mind you, that was the second wave. And uh, it was much worse. In April of 2020, when we hit 24%. So one can get really very bad, but we don't want to go there. So an unemployment rate, which is in the vicinity of 3% or 3.5% is what may be considered as an acceptable number. But when you cross 5%, uh, I think we should have alarm bells ringing 
And if you hit 8.10% or thereabouts, uh, then I think this is not a good sign. So right now I'm seeing unemployment rate in the vicinity of 7 to 8%. We can go down a bit in a month and go up a little in a month. But if we are um, you know, hovering around 7 to 8%, India is uh, in the midst of high unemployment rates. And where do we stack up vis-a-vis other countries in the world? Uh, other countries uh, currently also have slightly elevated unemployment rates. So um, in countries like the US and UK or uh, European Union, uh, unemployment rates usually have been around 3 to 3.5%. In some cases, it goes up to 7 to 8%. If you talk of Spain, it can be even higher. In the US, the unemployment rate has come down substantially. So globally, uh, an acceptable unemployment rate is 3, 3.5%. Uh, in most countries, um, globally, that rate has gone up closer to 5%. So there is stress on unemployment around the world. And uh, India has been hit quite badly for us to have an unemployment rate of 8%. But if I may, you know, if I may, I think the unemployment rate hides a bigger problem, which is that our uh, our uh, labor participation rate is very low, which makes this unemployment rate deceptive. The situation is worse than what the unemployment rate tells us. What do you mean by that? So the unemployment rate is the proportion of those people who are desirous of working and who cannot get jobs. So if a person is not desirous and is not making any efforts, mind you, and is not making any efforts to get a job, then that person is considered to be out of the labor force and is not taken into consideration when we compute the unemployment rate. So if there are 100 people in the country, let us say, and let us say half of them do not want to work for whatever reason, then we, the unemployment rate is only a ratio of the, the number of people who are a part of the remaining 50 and are not able to get jobs. I see. Okay. So not the 50 who are not seeking jobs. And in India's case, that 50% is falling. So globally, that number is closer to 65, 67, 68%. In the case of India, that number is closer to 40%. So 60% of India's population is unwilling to work or is, you know, just not offering its services in the labor markets. So only 40% of the working age population, which means people more than 15 years of age, only 40%, which is the lowest in the world. So India's bigger problem is not the unemployment rate, but the proportion of people who are willing to come out and work, the labor participation rate. Very, very interesting. And what are the factors that are driving both the high unemployment uh, percentage figure as well as the fact that there's a whole bunch of people, a sea of people um, who are just not willing. Basically, the country is not producing enough jobs. 
and um, we have come out of poverty, abject poverty. So when there is really depressing poverty, when people cannot find, you know, two square meals a day, then they are forced to go out and eke out a living, no matter which way. That's when the unemployment rate is very low and the labor participation rate is very high because people cannot afford to stay at home. But um, in the 1990s, particularly late 1980s, 1990s, and even in the early 2000s, we overcame a large part of our poverty problem. Many, many, many people moved out of poverty. And therefore, the desperation with which they used to go out to look for jobs has reduced. But would you, would you say that dole politics, free ration, free power, housing, also uh, are factors that's leading to the decision to stay at home? Because I'm pretty shocked at what you're saying, simply because one would assume that in a high inflationary environment, the desperation of people to find a job will be a lot more. Uh, yes, there is high inflation that will push more people into the labor markets. But uh, it is it is a problem that there ain't enough good quality jobs. Uh, the doles are um, helping people to stay back at home and not work harder to get a job. Okay, so what do the doles do? The doles ensure that people don't, let me put it harshly, don't drop dead on the streets. That's it. And if you get that money to be able to survive, you will stay put. You're not going to put your life at risk to go to the next village or the small town or the market. You're putting yourself at risk when you do that because you have just managed to eke out a living thanks to the doles. So the doles are playing a role in keeping people at home, but I would not call them lazy because of that. Not as yet. But if you keep doing this, if you keep giving them ration at home, if you keep giving them some thousand rupees at home, I think very soon uh, it will become a dissuading factor. So the solution is get good quality jobs and stop the doles. Mm. And I guess, like everything else, COVID uh, has exacerbated the situation uh, when it comes to, you know, this increased unemployment rate in the country. Absolutely. COVID made a bad situation worse. So uh, we have... Um, people who have got their jobs back, but that's hardly the solution because they got it at lower wages. So we have done the study and we found that the proportion of households that had two or more people working has dropped dramatically. So there is employment, but the number of people employed in the household has dropped and the wages that people used to get has also dropped. Interesting. So COVID, COVID has caused this problem and COVID is causing a bigger long-term problem that because of this shrinking of the labor force and shrinking of the wage rates, 
consumer demand has stagnated if not shrunk if less people are employed less people are getting uh, same kind of uh, income they used to get they're going to spend less according to the rbi survey uh, less than 70% of the capacity is utilized so why will corporates invest and if they don't invest there will be no new jobs so you see covid caused this problem it shrunk demand mm. so we have gone into a vicious cycle consumption shrinks investment shrinks job shrinks job shrinks therefore consumption shrinks investment shrinks job shrink and you go on into that spiral yes getting worse and worse, worse. but has covid made life especially tougher for certain segments of the workforce yes uh, you are right we have seen an interesting uh, structural shift because of the covid so if you just take covid as the dividing line and look at the structure before and after you just see two different things emerging one is that um people with less education have taken a hit less education implies those who have not even cleared their 10th standard examination those people um have a fairly large chunk in the employment in the country they account for around 50% at the other end of the spectrum graduates um who accounted for around 13% of total employment graduates and post graduates took a hit and that share has gone down to 12% now there are gainers in this of course if both these guys have lost out then somebody has gained the people who have gained jobs are those who have cleared their 10th standard 11th standard or 12th standard but not yet cleared their graduation interesting their share has has gone up from less than 30% to almost 40% now i mean i i, I did see this in the data but let's try and imagine why is this happening even the quality of jobs which came out in large numbers post covid were suitable for the 10th 12th pass person the engineering jobs had gone the uh, financial sector jobs had gone the government jobs anywhere are going so the jobs which are available uh, post covid are mostly lower skilled jobs but not absolutely low skilled jobs for three pun posts in a district court in madhya pradesh narsingpur over 6000 job seekers all graduates some even double masters degree holders queued up this week unemployment my friends and joblessness is a reality at the moment many individuals are being forced to settle for small government jobs if only for some sense of financial security the middle layer 10th to 12th standard is where the jobs have increased now i think we have therefore got a working force which is actually less skilled than it was before covid on the aggregate we are seeing a less skilled workforce today compared to 2 3 years ago and this has longer implication of the quality of growth we will get in the future correct because it's i mean anecdotal evidence suggests that ola uber uh, zomato or the delivery boys or the tech or, or the cab drivers these companies uh, the platform companies employ far more uh, these days than say the railways the defense and the armed forces which had been the traditional large employers uh, but the government always uh, says that the unemployment data is high because it is or it does not capture these gig workers who work in the platforms 
So do they have a point? No. Uh, they are mistaken if they say that the gig workers are not included. A very simple explanation of that. How is the unemployment rate calculated? Everywhere in the world, 100% everywhere in the world with no exception, unemployment rate is calculated only by going to households and asking them whether you are employed or unemployed. Now, um, where does a gig worker live? In a household. True. So they are captured. They are definitely 100% captured. They were always captured. They are captured everywhere in the world where household surveys are conducted. And that's the only way you can calculate unemployment rate. Enterprise surveys can tell you how employment is growing, but it cannot tell you how unemployment is happening because the unemployed are sitting at homes. True. Not in factories. But so then the logical question to ask you is who should be creating these jobs? The onus, according to the RSS, is on the private sector and not so much the government. So um, it is, let, let's look at this, um, take two steps back. One, who should create jobs is different from where does the onus lie with respect to employment and unemployment. The creator of jobs should largely be the private sector. I agree with the RSS if it is saying that. Because the government cannot provide all the jobs that are required for a country like India. 100% with you. I will say the government also needs to ramp up its job creation machinery because the government is not providing us, us as citizens, adequate services. Ask any person, does he get adequate uh, in any urban part of India? Does he or she get adequate security services from the government? So the government is failing in its duty of providing us services in terms of security, judiciary, um, all other government services and public services like primary education, primary health, so on and so forth. So the government is understaffed. So there is a responsibility of the private sector to provide jobs. There is a responsibility of the government to provide jobs. But there is a bigger issue. Who is responsible for creating the environment that ensures that the private sector will create jobs? That responsibility is 100% of the government. And the government needs to acknowledge that I am responsible for creating the environment that will create jobs. Now, mind you, the government, or at least let me call it like this, the politicians are extremely aware of the responsibility of creating jobs because before any election, central, state government, anything, all political parties says, if you come to power, we will ensure so many jobs for you. They cannot say I'm promising jobs for the private sector to give you sure. jobs. You can't do that. No? So it has to be the government that has to provide jobs. So they recognize that. But when they come in the government, they fail to do that because the government needs to take into cognizance that it requires to be a dominant player in the macroeconomic policy, whether it is the fiscal policy, whether it is the monetary policy or it is the administrative setup. All of them have to work towards creating jobs and the government cannot 
shy away from saying it is not our responsibility to, to provide jobs, private sector will provide jobs. That is smartly skirting this issue. My take, the government may be well-meaning in introducing PLI schemes which they feel will boost local manufacturing and in turn jobs. But the thing to really examine is if the multiple PLI or Atmanirbhar Bharat initiatives are indeed large-scale catalysts for job creation. In the early 1990s, the Narasimha Rao administration with Dr. Manmohan Singh as the finance minister broke free from the shackles of state control and took a step back from being a producer or creator of jobs and instead become a facilitator of a conducive environment that unleashed the animal spirits of Indian entrepreneurs, who in turn created jobs as they ushered in a new era of technological and industrial boom. It's not the government's business to be in business, to interfere in how much the specific incentives given to specific industries should be. The more you do that through programs like the PLI, the poorer the value add or job creation will be. Subsidies for production or subsidies to substitute imports is wrong strategy. Just make it easier and simple to run businesses. Cut the red tape. Do the simple, basic stuff and see results fly. You've been listening to On a Job Hunt with RSS on the Morning Brief with me, your host, Arijit Barman. Thank you, Vasudha and Mr. Vyas, for sharing your thoughts. Deeply appreciate it. Thank you so much. I enjoyed this talk as well. This episode was produced by Surbhi Modi from Economic Times and Swati Joshi from Awaz. Varun Kapahi was the sound editor from Awaz. Executive producer, yours truly. I hope you enjoyed listening to the episode. If you did, share it on your social media networks. The Morning Brief drops every Tuesday, Thursdays and Friday. Thank you for listening. Goodbye. Good luck. All clips used in this episode belong to their respective orders. Credits are mentioned in the description.